0: Hey, you are wildly capable of great things, so take a deep breath, let it out, you've got this. I want to tell you guys today about Brandlink Media, a female-owned digital agency with years of experience working with businesses in Oklahoma and beyond on their branding, web design, email marketing, copywriting, and more. Remember, you are wildly capable of great things and Brandlink Media is cheering you on. Visit www.brandlinkmedia.com to schedule a free consultation. Link in our show notes. It is my pleasure to introduce T. Cherie Amore Dickerson, mom of two, ED for Black Lives Matter OKC, and lead organizer for BLM nationally. She's also an associate pastor at East 6th Street Christian Church. Tishari, tell us a little bit about some defining moments of your life.
1: Well, defining moments. Um, I guess it does uh, depend on how you literally define that word itself. But some of the most amazing uh, moments and moments that I hope keep me humble um, were moments in where I was able to be a vessel for life um, and becoming um, a mother um, and understanding the power within within that actual um, metamorphosis itself. Um, as well as literally, I was. Uh, I'm a product of the Oklahoma foster care system, and so being embraced by a family, um, as well as meeting my biological family and having the multiplicity of of two, and understanding that DNA is not what actually makes you family is something that is part of my uh my core value system uh growing up i grew up in um in within oklahoma city but i went to a school which was 99 african-american um, my first principal was a black woman and my first educator um was um in, in first grade was a black woman. And so growing up in those type of dynamics where everyone looks like you and they, um, they expect excellence um, from each of you um, really helped kind of shape. Um, it was a very different um, culture, I will say. Um, to have that experience, especially in a very red state like Oklahoma. Um, I don't know that it we were as aware um of the the deference that exists now within our state. But back then, um it was it was pivotal and crucial in how I, I grew up um, feeling like I belonged, um, understanding the blessing of having. An environment that is conducive um, to be who you are um, and it not be based on uh, the things that society tries to tell us is important and so growing up in that it also encouraged me to um, attend to HBCU. Um, in in Memphis, Lamo, and Owen. And so that was just a transfer of of culture and being involved in that, also being able to serve in the United States um, military. Mm -hmm. That was one of the most diverse experiences I had in learning about different people and cultures, traveling abroad. Um, I learned that I was definitely a foodie Mm -hmm. um, because I love trying different cuisines, um, all the way into, um, and I still haven't decided what I want to be when I grow up, (laughs) but being embraced within the clerical uh, circle of being a minister um, and serving people. That is one of my, um, the highest honors that I have, um, and being embraced by communities of underrepresented uh, voices and marginalized folks. So I think some of those are my most amazing, defining moments. But I'm a third-generation PK, which stands for pastor's kid, um, and I'm a third-generation minister myself. So my my parents and my grandparents were both in ministry. So that kind of helped define what I do, Um, as well as sitting under the tutelage of some of the greatest activist humans. Um, artists and creatives that I know, including um, the late and great Clara Looper, who was um, a, a, a activist here in Oklahoma that everyone, that many people are aware about and know her history, um, but she deserves national acclaim. Um, Clara and the, the youth group of the NAACP within Oklahoma City actually held the first sit-in within Mm -hmm. the United States ever. And so growing up under her um, and having her just, just love me Mm -hmm. um, and nurture. um, I think that's where part of my activist spirit um, evolved from. And then the creative side of me to have um, sit under who I called Mama Maya, um, (laughs) the late um, Maya Angelou was just, I'm still, Astonished many times at how gracious the Creator and the universe has been to allow me to interact with some of these amazing, beautiful black film spirits um, that are warriors and strong, um, and yet still have that the softness of femininity that is just—it's—it's it's a beautiful collage um and so having those two as well as my my amazing grandmothers and my my mom it was just amazing and i can't think of anything um i can't think of anything better as far as what helped me be more well rounded but again i'm still trying to figure out what i want to be when i grow up
0: <laughs> wow um <laughs> i'm getting emotional over here that was so beautiful um <laughs> Well, tell me what those two characters were like, you know, in real life, because I think, you know, so many of us have learned about them from afar and know so many quotes by them, and they they don't even seem real. So I would love to know what they were like in real life, and also if you had um, someone who mentored you who was less famous but equally incredible. I'd love to hear about that as well.
1: All right. Um. So I have to say, growing up, um especially with Aunt Clara, I knew that she had done some things, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're a kid, it that's just one of the people in your life. And I was surrounded by, by iconic people without knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was beneficial because it would have been a lot of pressure um, if I had felt they were trying to mold me to fit into their shoes or what they have done. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it wasn't like that. Without Clara, she, um, she also adopted um, her youngest daughter. And so we grew up together, Shelly and I. And so th- I think she understood some of the travail that adoptees um, may experience, especially those within um, Black culture. Because it's sometimes the difficult um, part of that journey is, do you feel like you actually belong? Do you feel like, um, you know, I still struggle with abandonment issues. And Aunt Clara was one of the ones that really helped me um, understand that that was really a normal thing. She normalized um, having um, things and she celebrated those same things of where you look at them as imperfections. She did teach me that perfection is highly overrated. Mm. Um, she taught us about, you know, doing good until you can do better and then do best. Mm. Um, and that was reiterated by uh, many of the the local um, black women. I, I'm such an advocate. And a fan, and I stand in awe of those beautiful black women who lead a lot of times without um the the gratitude and honor that that they are surely deserving of. Um and the same type of relationship is what I I was blessed to share with with uh Maya Angelou. I remember going to when I started in college and I wanted to take some of her classes, um, in my ignorance, um, and because of the, the relationship, I overestimated, um, the boundaries that I would have been able to have in her classroom. And yeah, I mean, at that point I knew who she was and, and I did kind of want to flex a little bit and say, Hey, this, I have this, personal relationship and I was very close um, with her niece. And so um, when she was literally um, giving an oration within the class and then there was dialogue, I I said something like, um, you know, uh, Mama Maya or Auntie, and she literally ripped me from one side to the other. (laughs) Um, about addressing her um mm. in the way that she deserved um and the res- giving her the respect she deserved and I was mortified um so crushed um and she put me out of class literally <laughs> put me out um and so when you are in that type of setting um you I just I was like okay my life is over I have been <laughs> literally humiliated and um, banished by Maya Angelou, and for two or three days, I didn't go to class. (laughs) Um, I didn't want to get out of my bed, and she understood also some of the things that, um, I was going through in that moment, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to interpret that. Again, the girl with abandonment issues, when those type of things happen, um, I had to learn that that's not a finality. But um, that was just something that um, she needed to set those type of boundaries within that type of setting. Mm-hmm. So she called me and said, get over here. And when I, you know, I was very sheepish and probably looking just, I mean, all disheveled. But I got up mm-hmm. and went over to the house um, and she had cooked m- many of my favorite foods um, both Clara and Maya were amazing cooks. Um, and even Maya even wrote a couple of cookbooks and wow. taught me about soul food. And so um, she just loved on me and embraced me. And I just, I wept. And she taught me about the purifying experience of even being able to release that type of emotion Um, And she was like, you know, I love you, and I like you, and I am glad you're in this class. But when you're in this type of setting, you are my student or one of the pupils. um, And you are, you have the blessing of being like everyone else. Um, And we have to that is how we have to govern ourselves accordingly and so that was an amazing uh, moment because she was like i can still love you um and you be under my tutelage um and there's a difference and so celebrate um the different boundaries and aspects that we share so um i think that was also another defining moment for me mm-hmm. um those two women, along with um, so many others that I, I mean, if I started naming names, I would get (laughs) lost. But, you know, I have like my god sister, who is uh, the Honorable Vicki Miles LaGrange. who was like the first black chief justice in the Western District um, as a federal district judge. Um, And I've already mentioned my mother and my grandmother's who hold their own in this universe as these divine creatures. Um, But they've never shown me anything except um, strength, love, compassion, um, and helped me expand. And so the knowledge that they carry inside uh, their brains and the, the, the authenticity of being proud about who they are, even in moments, because some everybody doesn't feel like they are, you know, the it thing all the time. They let me know that those are the moments to where we get to sit back and allow people to cradle and nurture us um, till we get to our true, authentic, uh, purposed selves. So that's what it was like kind of being sitting amongst them um, and not knowing all the time, the magnitude of, of the blessing that that was.
0: Wow. That story, it just gives me chills because I feel like she was teaching you so much in that gesture, even though it was so hard at the time, I'm sure, but she you probably took so much away from that for your life. So, um, incredible. Um, I'm gonna switch channels a little bit. Will you tell us a little bit about what it's been like over the past year or two being such a big part of BLM?
1: Um, Over the last year or two, um, we have seen uh, some of the most heartbreaking and, and soul-wrenching uh, moments when we see how the lives of black people are disregarded um, and communities are disenfranchised. Um, it's very difficult when that is that's your community. I take ownership um, of of being part of these amazing communities. Um, I watch how Black trans women um, are literally killed at a higher rate than those of their other trans sisters. Um, I watch how. Um, Black men are just slaughtered, as well as Black women. Um, and, and watch how there is an intentional silencing around what happens, especially with Black women and Black films and marginalized uh, persons. Um, and so it's, it's agonizing. Doing this work, I will be very honest, um, over the last couple of years, it's lonely work. Because sometimes you have to walk uh, through this without having the circles of support because we're all dealing with um, a consistent level of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't always um, pull from your allies and your accomplices um, because uh, we're all bleeding and trying to heal. And I think in this, in 2021 when we've seen how a pandemic has just ravished our the entire world but within communities and and the disparities are are amplified to where you see healthcare is not the same for people of color um and and the finances are just obliterated um in communities that were already struggling um you still have to sit back and look at the resilience and the beauty of a culture and a people who continue to and i'll kind of play off of one of my uh, Angelou's poems and say and they just continue to rise um and we are reminded of the greatness in which we were all created watching uh black women who um and feminine identified persons who who know how to literally as my grandmother used to say stretch uh a dollar mm-hmm. and and be able to literally feed um and take care of communities on 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 very meager meager amounts that's so amazing to me and i always tell everyone you know surely Um, you should trust black women to lead. If they have literally been the birthers of creation, surely we can trust them to continue to sustain it. Mm -hmm. Um, And to watch um, indigenous folk and Native Americans um, who are the original inhabitants of this great country, and live in a state Oklahoma, which means the land of the red man to where they're not even given the honor or esteem that they deserve. Um, And they still stand in solidarity with the movement for black lives. Um, And we stand in solidarity in in give them the land being returned to them Um, and them understanding that it was black persons who literally cultivated um, and they taught and we have these shared experiences. So I guess the last couple of years have been a true learning experience. Um, It also has called for some of us to take moments where we um, just rest and restore. And for for activists and revolutionary spirits, that's difficult because you want to stay you know, engaged all the time. Mm-hmm. And and I dealt with and still deal with um, guilt from kind of retracting um, and not being on the front lines. But um, many have taught me that the best soldiers are the ones that, that find a balance um, and know when um, you need to actually rest so that you can uh, come back into the fold and make the advances uh, for communities and persons. Um, And I I just have to uplift uh, the names of all of those that don't get said that have been dealt with um, a most bitter pill like those of our brother george floyd and our sister um brianna taylor tatiana jefferson but i come from oklahoma and even recently it was reiterated what we've been saying all the time we're number one in officer involved fatalities and dealing with police brutality number one in incarceration of black women for over 20 years Um, we have some of the most strict and absurd um injustices around reproductive uh, rights and laws and so we have a lot of things that we're trying to work through and a lot of voices um that deserve to be heard and so i'm hoping that we go into 2022 in these next couple of years um with the intent to to heal and be in practice restorative justice Um, because these last two, I think they have drained even those that have the greatest amount of energy and vigor. So watching young people come into their own who are going to be the next great dynamic leaders, um, I always tell them I am so excited to be able to be in community and share experiences with you. But young people never forget to um, glean from the wisdom and the experience of the elders. Because while the young people, they have the energy and the vigor um, and and the drive right now, your elders and those that have been in the trenches for such a long time, they have the map. So if we combine those two, we have a mighty force that knows where they're going. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's uh, one of the most important things um, that I've looked at over the last couple of years is making sure that when we are progressing, we are going um, in the right direction.
0: Well, that is the perfect lead in to my next question, which is when you imagine your future, what do you see?
1: Um, I think that has really, um, changed for me in the last, even in the last few months, but I, um, have always loved, um, working with, with people. It, it feeds my soul. And I think it was one of the divine purposes, um, of which the creator placed me here for, um, for me, loving all is, is an easy task now. Learning how to to like all and to do service for all is not always the easiest journey. And I have have wondered, you know, am I am I doing this right? Am I making an impact? Um as I have been reared to do, and does my work does my work have um value? Um and, and not just about Um, being financially compensated. Although I am an advocate that people should pay black women for their work um, because that happens, it doesn't happen nearly enough. And we're still at the bottom of the pay scale. Um, And they think that uh, free labor is a gift and that's taking from the core of someone without replenishing that that is not a gift, that's another form of slavery. Um, And that's not something that we wanna continue to uphold. But I've said probably within the next three to four years, I'm very hopeful that we will have enough uh, mentees and those that are wanting to basically pick up the banner that I'm able to hand over the mantle um, and literally uh, fall back into, I think what a lot of people now call as a, a consulting role
0: mm-hmm.
1: or as an advisor um, and really work more into um, into my work within different aspects of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to go back to school um, and work on my uh, on my uh, doctorate in uh, divinity as well as creative arts. Um, I wanna get back to writing some more poetry, um, falling in and out of love with with different souls and spirits. Um, And also one of the most important things right now for me is to be able to pour into uh, my, the children who came uh, from from my room as well as all of my bonus children, because I have so many that I love and they have been gifted to me um, in that way through the universe, to be able to focus and give more time to them because I know that it wasn't easy being my child or the (laughs) child of an activist. Mm -hmm. And I, I know what that's like since I grew up doing that as well and a minister. Um, and so, being able to focus on them um, and let them know how what an honor and a privilege it is to be able to watch them grow um, and them being so forgiving and accepting and gracious in um, having um, this really uh, free spirited, loud mouthed. Um, <laughs> Probably seen as you know adversarial or confrontational radical um, person who is queer and quirky. Um, they've accepted all of those intersections of who I am, and so I want to be able to pour back into them and just love on them um, and make sure that that the movement itself is continuing. Um, but I think being practicing that type of love with those who are um, entrusted to you is also another form of being a revolutionary. So that's what I'm hoping comes up in the next few years for
0: me. Amazing. And for our last question today, what it has been your proudest moment so far? I
1: I don't know that I have experienced my proudest moment yet. Um, but I know things that in my daily walk, I try to make sure that my actions um, are authentic, that they are driven with a positive uh, spirit um, that I don't allow um, the negativity that sometimes looms because we all battle with things um, and I, I deal with a form of mental illness with anxiety and depression, um, that I don't allow those things to overtake to where I miss the gift of life itself. And so I think my proudest moments have been when those who who I hold in high regard, like that of my children or my yaya or my mima um and those that i've mentioned and so many that i haven't let me know um that they are proud of me those have been the moments that i will always cherish and hold uh hold dear um and so also having those moments captured sometimes um video photography and in this world of technology being able to reflect Um, there are moments when I look, wow, I was able to be a part, um, of that in a very tangible way, which many people do not have the ability or access to those types of moments. Um, those are what I'm most proud of. Um, and I hope that those are also the same moments that keep, um, us in a spirit of humility, um, because the greatest warriors have to know um, how to be humble, how to serve, um, because that is the the best aspect of leadership. Um, Loretta Ross, who was one of the, the mothers of the reproductive justice movement, she said leadership was not about um, amplifying uh, your skills and your talents, but is learning how to literally lead Um, while working within your flaws Mm -hmm. and those moments where we see weak that we perceive as being um, a weaker aspect of ourselves and so I try to always remember that Um, and I think when I accomplish um, those moments within a day, because I think you need to celebrate every moment. Um, that is what makes me most proud. Um, when I can say I really rocked it today, um, I got to love on a lot of people, be a person of service, um, and even being a clergy member, um, I curse a lot. Um, that's kind of a, um, a word that I've made. So when I don't uh, do that publicly, Um, and cause any type of dishonor or make my my grandparents cringe, uh, I'm most proud of those moments as well.
0: 100 Magazine is a publication featuring 100 wildly capable women in Oklahoma City. Buy the magazine to read all 100 interviews at 100mag.com. Wildly Capable Woman podcast is produced by Sugar Free Media you can check out our daily news podcast, News De Jour, for a calmer space to consume the news. Music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Please consider rating and reviewing this podcast if it meant something to you to help us reach other wildly capable women.